Welcome to Garden Society. We are a sisterhood of women exploring holistic ways to rejuvenate from the rigors of daily life. We are wives and moms. We are sisters and girlfriends. We are bill payers, breadwinners, caretakers, multitaskers, and peacemakers. We invite you to explore the possibility of elevating your everyday with our favorite plant. Grant yourself permission to chill out, smoke a joint, and get inspired to find your joy with us on Season 1 of Garden Society, the podcast. This gathering of the Garden Society is now in session. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining Episode 3 of Garden Society, the podcast. Joining us for this episode, we have Allison Waddell, Chief Badass, Leader of the Wellness Posse, and a good friend of Garden Society. Yay! Allie, thank you for being here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Allie (laughs) is from Texas. Hey, Carly, what is it with us and these badass women I from Texas? I don't know. We have a thing for Texas women. <laughs> Allie is also one of the OGs of the famous high holiday baking parties. One of yeah. my first friends I made when I moved to Healdsburg. And I've always been impressed, Allie, with your confidence that you exude, but also your vulnerability to your struggles. And it's something that I've really been drawn to and resonate with. Uh, we've invited Allie here to take us on this personal journey that she went through and how she built a business around coaching women to create what she calls their unique lifestyle ecosystem. Allie has set out with the goal of helping women optimize mental, nutritional, and physical health while keeping a priority of the love of life and having fun. Which I love because that is definitely one of our priorities, loving life and having fun. Um Allie, you have a long history and a lot of experience in the wellness industry. And when we were at the What Summit, I got to hear some of your story. And I felt it was a really beautiful example of our show theme today, which is all about cutting out the noise. So I would love for you to share with our listeners a little bit about your background and your story so that they can gain some perspective on how you cut out the noise with intention and really shot to put yourself first. Oh, well, that's so awesome. I'm super, super happy to be here um, and kind of share this time with y'all and then share my story um, because I think that's actually where the power lies. And for so many people, they're scared of their story or they don't want to own their story or they don't want to be transparent about it. And thus they sit in kind of shame and fear and they feel very disconnected, not only from others, but also from themselves. And, and that's basically my story. I've been in the fitness industry for 18 years going on in May, which is crazy because I'm only 25. Happy <laughs> um, <laughs> 21st birthday. Yeah, us too, us yeah too. <laughs> actually, yesterday was my 40th birthday. Woohoo! So, happy birthday. Welcome to the club. Yes, yes. Whole new, whole new decade. Super excited about it. But I've been in the wellness industry for 18 years and through a big majority of that, over a decade, I struggled with um, an eating disorder. I had bulimia and uh, exercise bulimia as well for over a decade. And what that really looked like was I have had worthiness issues, abandonment issues, all kind, you know, 
mildish childhood trauma, but you know, none of us get through our lives unscathed. Um, and that created this real big separation. I, if anybody would have met me at any point in my life, they would have seen this very happy, very bubbly, very energetic person, which I am. But for decades, that was also, there was a shadow side to that. And the shadow side was me struggling with severe anxiety, severe depression, suicidal ideation, and a raging eating disorder. Um, And I hid that away from everybody, including my family, including my ex-husband. It made me a really amazing liar, um, but it made me feel so alone that at times I didn't know how I was going to get on the other side of it. I didn't understand how people looked at themselves in the mirror and ever really liked themselves or made choices from a place of worthiness or love. Um, And that behavior created very detrimental um, ways for me to deal with my stress. You know, um, not only the bulimia, but anything I could numb out to. So food was always my drug of choice, but I also really liked alcohol. (laughs) And I also really liked actual drugs. Um, But anything to really numb. You know, anything I could do to really take the edge off of all the negative emotions that I was so afraid of feeling. And and that actually went up until and through the times that I lived in California. Um, I was in the wellness industry as a personal trainer for over a decade, became a chef in that time period uh, here in Austin, Texas, ended up getting a divorce. I believe one of the reasons is because I was so shameful. I could never really connect with my husband. And he couldn't, I, then I blamed it on him. We're really good at doing that. <laughs> really at not dealing with our shit, but pointing the finger at the same time being like, obviously it's your fault that I'm a complete fucking mess. Um, and, and if I just get rid of you, I'm sure that will be fine. Um, and part of that process is me moving to California. I ended up going to the CIA, the Culinary Institute of America, which is in Napa Valley. Um, in that process, ended up meeting a man, Mark, and moving to Healdsburg. And, you know, I basically ran. I ran from all my things. I thought, you know, it's definitely my husband. If I change that, it'll change. It's definitely where I live. If I change that, maybe it'll change. It's definitely my career. If I change that, it'll change. If I get a new, a new guy, a house, a tech job where it looks like I'm successful, obviously that will all make me happy. And I was stuck in the rut that so many of us get stuck in this if-then mentality that we have. If only I could just get that thing, that person, that job, that money, that body, then, then I can be happy. The reality is that doesn't work. How did you make that decision to, to realize that was where you were and how you came out on the other side of that? Oh, because I did all the things. I did all the things that you should have been happy. I mean, I, I had, I mean, that, and, and what happens when you have this if then mentality is you strive for the goal. You strive for the external validation that somehow is going to bring you some intrinsic worth. And then you get it. And then it feels worse. Yeah. Because then you, because then you have the thing. And why the fuck are you not happy now? So that that was the same place I was at when it came to founding Garden Society is I on the yeah. surface and 
Ali, you and I were close friends when we were, when I was personally going through this transition. And I think same with you is on the surface, you have it all and you look like it's everything's perfect. But then deep within yourself, it's like, why aren't you happy? Right. And how do you give yourself permission to find that joy and to re refine yourself with that? Yeah. I mean, I think this, your story resonates with so many women, including all of us here, um, whether it's, you know, an eating disorder or some other type of anxiety provoking illness or an momhood. unhappy relationship or momhood. <laughs> I mean, it's really like you said, Ali, you know, you can look great and like everything's going good on the outside and internally um, until you really recognize your unhappiness, it's impossible to make that shift and that change. And I know that Aaron and I have struggled with self-doubt. Um, and I would love to just sort of hear more from you about how you know, as women, we can kind of quiet that noise and turn that internal dialogue from something that's negative and drives anxiety and in instead can like promote positivity and self-confidence. And really, I think like what Erin's saying, that turning point for you, like how did you make that change? And also how, how would you talk to women about helping them make that change for themselves? Oh, completely. And y'all are right on. I mean, the first step to any personal growth or any change at all in your life, as, as small or as big change as you want, is awareness. It's awareness and radical honesty with yourself. And then it's really feeling okay that because the life that you have chosen doesn't make you, doesn't make you unhappy, that's okay. And, you know, I had so much guilt and like, so much mental rambling around like if anybody looked at my life they would be happy everybody else wants the life I have why the hell am I not happy and I think the big turning point for me is feeling finally okay that I wasn't unhappy and owning that and being like listen I'm not happy and that's okay and I can be unhappy in a life that everybody else loves because I'm a complete individual and that does tie into part of this owning your own story and being radically honest with yourself. We're really good deceivers. <laughs> and the biggest person that we deceive every day is ourselves. We tell ourselves and we put on these surface things that we're fine when we know intrinsically we're not. Um, and that's actually what I call and when I feel like your inner bitch starts talking even louder. And this is something I coach every most women through. I've literally only met one woman ever who doesn't have an inner bitch and she's like some weird unicorn. I don't know if somebody <laughs> does it. I mean, it's so weird. Like I talked to her, she's like, I never talk like that to myself. I'm like, what? How? Why? <laughs> How did you escape that? Yeah, that's so, amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I do this process called inner bitch to inner bestie. And again, the first step is awareness. So many of us think that that internal dialogue is somehow your soul talking to you. It's somehow the truth coming out that you're not okay, that you're fat, that you're lazy, that you're never going to do it, that the self, you know, and really it's fear. It's fear and trauma. That's who's speaking. It's not your soul. And so again, the first step is awareness. The first step is realizing that she's saying stuff. And what is she saying? And when does she saying, say it? And so taking like just a kind of a journalistic approach of like, huh, look, when I do this, when I put on my clothes every morning, she says the same stuff to me. Mm -hmm. When I'm doing this, she's saying the same stuff to me. And just start to bring awareness back to that. And then I like people to name her because I think naming is a really powerful technique. I think it allows you to create separation from you and what's going on with you. 
And so what that does is like give her a name. Um, <laughs> give that bitch is, a name. <laughs> name is Kayla. She's a white trash stripper. My best friend Kathy named her. She says she has a heart in her name. Um, and her name is Kayla. And so when I first started doing this, literally she would start talking and I would say, Kayla, shut the fuck up. I love that. And that little mind game with yourself, you will be shocked at how well that works because you're just ruminating on things. And if you can break that circuit loop and if you do it enough, her volume will slowly come down. And to also kind of envision her, like ha- pretend like you're sitting on the couch and she's sitting next to you. You would never let another human talk to you the way she does. You would never talk to your daughter the way she does. And the one thing I like to really share with women is you can say whatever you want to your kids, but your inner dialogue will become your child's inner voice. If they see you breaking yourself down in the mirror, I don't care how pretty you tell them they are, they will tell, they will intrinsically know that their worth has to do with what they look like. That is such an incredible perspective. And I love that you talk about just awareness because I think we do, we kind of go through life like, you know, kind of robots and um, it's, you know, we don't always take the time to check in with ourselves and understand like where things are coming from. And so I think having that awareness that you talk about is so important. And I love that you tie it then back to being a parent, you know, as new moms, we're constantly talking about modeling is the the most um, prominent way to teach your child. And so that, of course, makes sense that your internal dialogue becomes their internal dialogue because they're modeling themselves after you. Completely. Um, I I still have my name references from the What Summit, Allie, when you gave a presentation. (laughs) And in the audience, you challenged us each to name our current version of ourselves and our ideal version of ourselves. Oh, yeah. Allie, you and I are in a coaching session. So uh, not to to pivot, but um, this year with the Year of Joy of Garden Society, I've actually hired Allie to help me personally on my wellness journey and really be able to find that balance that I'm looking for as a founder, as an entrepreneur, with a growing business, as a mom, as a friend. And really try to start prioritizing myself again back into the equation. And we went through this exercise again last week, Allie, where we named myself and against my values and what I'm striving for. So I think it's really great to like have that dialogue and have that name. Are you going to tell us what your name is? No, it's my secret. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Erin's been sharing some of what she's been learning with you, Allie. And I would love for you to just kind of talk a little bit about what the program is, the best year badass program. And um, she's, you know, Erin's talked a lot about like simplifying wellness and making it attainable through these micro goals that in turn create this macro change. So can you kind of like talk us through the program and what you're doing? Yeah, of course. Well, one of the things that resonates, I mean, it's not surprising that me and Aaron both grow businesses and then they're just very, very fundamentally aligned (laughs) with how we think about things. And one of the things that we both really share is that like, like the weed business and very much like wellness, people want to make it really fucking serious and very boring. I think it's annoying. It's like, 
Like, come on, this cannot be this serious and this not fun. We talk about that all the time with wellness and cannabis. And so many people want to talk about this ailment or that ailment. And we were at the battery in San Francisco giving a talk. And I said, ladies, it's so fun to be high. Let's talk about having a good time and being super high. And I went through this obnoxious story of what happened to me when I was too high recently. But I was like, look at I'm totally fine. Yeah. Let loose. Anyway, keep going. Keep that, telling us about it. And that's how I feel about wellness. Like, I think everybody has made it so serious. And thus has made it, number one, physically unattainable. They've somehow transitioned, you know, and I don't think, I mean, I just think this is kind of how our culture has moved with the giant rise of social media, is that it's so externally focused, is that wellness somehow means something about what you're looking like bonus that you get to be in shape but wellness really is about how can you i believe wellness is about how can you have more fun and do more awesome things with your body and so that your body is not holding you back from the life you want to live but actually giving you the vehicle to be amazing and to do awesome shit like that is the whole point like it's great that you can lift weights or do whatever you want to do but you really want to go out and be able to thrive and have fun and do awesome things and not have your body hold you back. And so that's one view that I really share with wellness. And so the program is really targeted towards, I have two kind of main groups, entrepreneurs (laughs) and moms, because interestingly, very similar path. It's that you have birthed either a business or a baby, and thus dedicated your time and life and had to reprioritize that. And at some point after that kind of birthing process happens, most women wake up in their mid-30s to mid-40s and go, what has happened to me? I'm disconnected with my, I'm disconnected from myself. I'm disconnected from my body. What used to work no longer works. I don't know what the fuck to do. Nothing is working. I feel very overwhelmed. How am I going to even fit this in? And, and just completely overwhelmed with too much information. You know, we're kind of in this information overload. And they just kind of throw their hands up. You know, they start to go back to the gym and kind of do what they used to do, but nothing really feels right. And and then they fail, and then they blame themselves. I had triplets. I had triplets. I had a baby, a a business, and an industry through legalization (laughs) and regulations. (laughs) But I love how you talk about, like, getting your body, like, wellness being more about making your body the vehicle to do the fun things that you want to do and bring the joy to your life. Cause as a new mom with an almost three-year-old, I'm, this kid is so physical. She's jumping everywhere. She's, I mean, she just wants to do everything and I want to be able to keep up with her, but I also want to be able to, you know, do the things that I've wanted to do throughout my life from a physical standpoint. So mm-hmm. I think that that really resonates. And, you know, a lot of our listeners, I know that we're all trying to figure out like, how do we fit this in? How do we make it work? Um, and I'm struggling with that, certainly. And I know that you and Aaron talk about that. So um, it's we, really cool that you're developing developing a program that's less about, you know, look strong or, you know, lift this amount of weight or run this many miles for this long. But it's more about making your 
yourself feel good and having this body that can then like help propel you to do the other things that you want to do. And I mean, even in Ali and I, our last conversation, you know, prioritizing sex with our husbands or our partners and intimacy. And that was kind of a big takeaway is like, let's talk about it and prioritize it. And that is part of wellness, right? Definitely. And that is part of happiness across the spectrum. And I prefer to have my intimacy with great cannabis products and that's great. And like, what does that mean? And how do I really like Mm-hmm. integrate that into my wellness goals and not have it just be about nutrition and working out. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think another big part of it is like your community. So making sure that the people around, you know, you're working so hard to be who you need to be and give yourself this positive inner voice. And really, I mean, I know as someone who has worked really, really hard on like mental health and making sure that I am happy because I'm happy for myself and not because I rely on others to do so. So I would just love from your perspective, Ali, like what have you done to kind of build a supportive community around you and like kind of cut the noise out in terms of either negative relationships or relationships that are really unbalanced where you feel like you're always giving and they're always taking? Yeah, I think the number one way you can up level your entire life is up level who you're hanging out with. I mean, that is, the, that is the quickest way, and people kind of think that that feels judgy sometimes, like, oh, you're saying these people are better. No, I mean, find people that are aligned with the values and the life that you want to live, because you will become who you are around. It is just scientifically proven, and that matters with partnerships, that matters in business, that matters socially, that matters on every single level, and so... Just like taking a really honest inventory of where you are physically and mentally, taking a really honest inventory on who you're around and who is filling you up and who is depleting you is really important. Mission moment. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Take inventory. I love that. And now this like tying all of this back to kind of like what Aaron and I are here doing. So we, in addition to, you know, elevating ourselves and our confidence and who we are, we're also trying to build this business and elevate sort of this very stigmatized industry in the little way that we can and help share with women out there how cannabis can help your life, whether it's day to day or once in a while or whatever the, you know, if you just want more fun or if you're having anxiety, whatever it is. Um, And we would just love to know like I know that you are one of the OGs of the high holiday baking parties. So how have you incorporated cannabis and or other, um, you know, things into your life to kind of support that? I think that it's really important to help women understand that like you don't have to do it all on kale and, you know, endless runs in yoga. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, completely. I mean, one of my biggest things that I try to teach women is the number one, there's a study just came out that they say 85 to 90% of all doctor's visits, they can tie back to stress. It's the number one killer of people. And people don't really want to admit that, but it is the causation of basically every chronic disease in the body. I believe it. I do too. You, you making sure that you are recovering, that you're sleeping, and that you're getting into your parasympathetic or relaxed state is so vitally important to your wellness and this is one of my things for my type a like super entrepreneur women is like one of the things that i tell everybody is you're gonna hate me but i'm gonna tell you to slow the fuck down like you need to stop 
breathe, sit in some silence, and like chillax. Like a lot more than I need you to go run seven miles. Like it'll do a lot better on your body, you know, because if you're go, go, go all the time and you're just in this cortisol, I mean, your body is just full of cortisol. You're never going to lose weight. You're going to feel like crap and you're not going to be sleeping. And so using cannabis for me as somebody that rattles high, I use it every single night when I go to bed. So I use a tincture every night. So does my partner. You know, I've severely cut back on drinking. Like I maybe have a drink every two months now. I mean, I used to be a lush. Um, and so I don't drink anymore. So I use cannabis when I go out. So I'll take, you know, a half an edible and go out. I have super connected conversations. I remember what the fuck is going on. I still am a really awesome dancer. <laughs> and I'm funny. And then I come home and I feel fucking awesome. Like I can wake up the next day, get up with the kids, go work out, and like nothing phases me. And then it's just fucking fun. Yeah. <laughs> on, on top of that, you know, like then having girls over and cooking dinner and having real connected relationships as opposed to like where I used to go out and get blitzed out of my mind and dance and not, I mean, it was, it was fun for what I could remember. Right. I mean, it's funny. So Aaron did dry January and I got inspired about halfway through January and I was probably having like a glass of wine every night and I have stopped drinking pretty much altogether. And I, I'm hot, like my stomach feels better. I'm left less puffy every morning. I wake up feeling so fresh and I'm still using cannabis, but it's not, I mean, the impact on my body is so much less from a physical standpoint. And so mm -hmm. I love that you talk about how that has helped you as well. Um, I've been really inspired by all of the, I was never a dry January person being in the wine industry formerly too. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like dry January. I what? did get some significant eye rolls from Carly when I said I was doing dry January. I did. But then about <laughs> two weeks, I mean, Hey, if I am someone, if I can do anything, I can admit when I am wrong or ready to change. And I totally was inspired by that. Oh, so. that's great. Yeah. 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 Stopping drink or limiting my drinking. I think one of the ways I've, I've been where I feel very successful at it is that I don't tell myself I can't drink. Mm, I just totally. don't drink anymore. Like, I've just shifted what I do. I am a huge fan of psilocybin, a huge fan of mushrooms, and I'm a huge fan of of medicinal marijuana. Although it's not medicinal in Texas, I guess it's like straight up illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. It's all right. It's getting closer and closer. It's in recreational in California I, now, so come I, visit. I bring, I bring it from Texas. I'm from Colorado. Medicinal bit. It is. It is. And I think, um, you know, just shifting that conversation and like you're saying, that is where I have had less success in in cutting back on things in the past is when I'm like, you can't do this. The minute I limit myself entirely, then it's not successful. So like I have had like a gin and tonic here and there or something where it's like, but it's one over the course of you know, an entire evening and you kind of are kind of like, oh, did I really even need that? Mm -hmm. um, so I like that you're, you know, inspiring women and telling people to like, okay, you don't need to cut it out entirely, but just sort of walk it back a bit. <laughs> I, yeah. love that. I mean, again, it's an awareness thing. Like, is, yeah. is it getting you to the goals that you want? Like when you lay out what you want your life to look like, is it getting you closer to that? If it is, and there's no big deal, then have at it. But the reality is, as you get older and in your 40s, you feel it a lot, a lot worse. <laughs> and it does have a negative impact on your health. And so 
is it worth it? Especially if you have accessibility to other options. You know, I like like uh, Hamilton from Hamilton Pharmacopoeia says like alcohol is just a crappy drug. If you're going to pick a drug, pick one with some positive benefits. Right. Alcohol is just not that. I love know? that. There's, there's other ones that you can pick that will give you the benefits that you really want. I love that. So if you had to say one piece of advice for an entrepreneur starting a business, finding joy, going on this wellness journey, mashup around cutting out the noise and how to find yourself, what do you think that would be? Or a few pieces Uh, of advice. Yeah, I think one of them is you probably, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you sat down and got crystal clear on your goals for your business. And you need to sit down and do an envisioning process for your life. Very few people think about what they want their life to look like in three to five years. And just sitting down and giving yourself the space and the time to get really crystal clear about where you want to be, who you want to be with, what you want your life to look like, it will make every decision after that a lot easier. Because then it's an A-B decision. Is it getting you closer to that or further away? And that's the one thing that I find, especially with businesswomen, they they, they have all the skill set. They have the entire skill set that they need to be healthy. They've just used it to build a business. And now what they need to do is flip that skill set and now use it on their wellness. So all the things you do around strategy, around setting goals, around walking those goals back into smaller steps, around planning weekly, around not overloading or changing things too fast, about being able to pivot. The same, same things that you're doing with your wellness. Um, and so I think that's a big one. Um, and I think changing your perspective and language around wellness being a chore and to wellness being a gift is a huge one for a lot of people. Like you know, if, if you, if you hate cooking and you have to go work out and, uh, 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 oh my God, I got to stretch and I got to do this. Like, no, no shit, you don't want to do it. <laughs> I mean, that sounds fucking terrible. I wouldn't want to do it either. But if you're like, oh, my God, I get to go to the gym today or find something that you like. I get to go dance, go do pole dancing, whatever the hell you want to do. It doesn't really matter. But change that that you get to, that you that you have a body that allows you to move and that you're doing it from a place of love as opposed to a place of punishment and fear which I think so many women operate out of. And I think that is an industry issue that is kind of my no more. I think that we have, we are trying to shame and scare people into being healthy. And I think it is detrimental and unsuccessful. And uh, if we could move from a place of fun and love, into our wellness, it's a lot better place to move from. Amen. Amen. Exactly. Let's focus on finding our joy. (laughs) So the way we, Allie, thank you so much. That's such great, great information. The way we wrap up our show is we have a spark of joy that we talk about on every show. So something new that Carly or I have discovered and want to share and, and really resonate with. So Carly has something this time. Do you want to go ahead and tell us what it is? Sorry, I'm pausing because I'm thinking. <laughs> That's okay. I need some space. I, I had a totally different question formed in my head for Allie, so oh. I'm trying to shift my. <laughs> you know, my spark of joy, I was so inspired. I actually came in here with a different spark of joy, but I was so inspired by Allie and bringing this level of awareness. And I think that um, I'm going to ask all of our listeners to 
stop at some point this week or whenever you're listening to this podcast, put some time on your calendar and just kind of think about, you know, where you are in your life right now and try to just give yourself some space to create that awareness. And I'm sure that, you know, this one moment in time will not make that happen necessarily right away. But I think start starting to build in some time and space to become more aware. And I know definitely that when I smoke cannabis, that brings me to that really thoughtful level. And it's a really, it's almost like a therapeutic moment for me to have some time to myself and quiet that cuts the noise out in my head and really just kind of like sit into like creating that awareness. I love that. What a great spark. And that joy. sparks joy. <laughs> yes. And Allie, since you're in Texas and you can't join us, we, to have a great spark, sparked up one of our headband rosettes so we can enjoy a little bit of. And Allie, I would love for you to share with our listeners where they can find more information about your business and also um, your Instagram and Facebook handles. Well, I'm all over the internet. Um, I'm on Instagram at Allie Waddell, A-L-L-I-W-A-D-D-E-L-L. I'm at, on Facebook at Allie Waddell Wellness and my website is AllieWaddell.com. Your website is beautiful, by the way. Oh, it's about to get completely redone. Oh, wow. And you, um, I would definitely encourage everyone to check Allie's website out and also keep up to date with any speaking engagements because hearing Allie's story live is even more inspiring than what we heard today, which has left me feeling like I'm ready to go out there and cut a lot of the noise out of my life. When does your next <laughs> cohort start? Cohorts run all the time. So I kind of take clients on. It's, it's, a, it's a continuous process. Awesome. Um, the next major group will start at the beginning of April, but I'll have people joining all the time. So if you're ready, let's roll. And Allie, don't you have a special offer for the Garden Society listeners? Yes, I do. So I am offering a badass breakthrough session. So this is a 60-minute one-on-one call with me. Um, And it really is to take you through the beginning steps of my process. So understand what is the envision that you really want to create? Where are you now? And what are some potential barriers that could be in your way that are keeping you from having a badass life? And we'll kind of talk through that process. And it's a way for, you know, to you to take the time and commit to yourself of just bringing awareness. That's all this call is. It's like, can I, can I bring some more awareness to where, where my life is not exactly where I want it to be. Outstanding. Woo! Awesome. Well, thank you again so much. And uh, you're welcome. Thank y'all. And we'll make sure to include links to Allie's offer in the show notes at thegardensociety.com. Thank you again to all our listeners today. It's been so fun recording the third episode of Garden Society, the podcast. Next episode, we're going to be talking about the struggle is real. So the grind of growing a business, how to scale without tipping the scale. We're really excited to share this next step in our journey with Garden Society. Be sure to check the podcast show notes at thegardensociety.com for a deeper dive into each episode. 
Engage with Carly and Aaron via social at GRDN Society. If you like what you hear, help spread the joy. Subscribe, rate, and review Garden Society, the podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Garden Society, the podcast, is produced by Joanna Newding and recorded in the Casually Baked Studio in downtown Oakland, California. Sound engineering is performed by Arnav Gupta. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, host of Casually Baked the Podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your can of confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked the Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get casually baked.